Greetings to all you podcast listeners around the world. This is Big Duke speaking, one third member of the Hogsman and Mankind, not the wrestler known as Mick Foley, but the word should have a new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences about which brand of toilet paper to buy or types of disinfectant that work the best. We will all be united in our common interests such as TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, MySpace, Facebook, and whatever your favorite porn genre is. Devin likes midgets, by the way. Perhaps it's fate that today on this 4th of July... Uh, shit, sorry, no, no, no. I mean this 24th of March. You will once again be fighting for our freedom. Our freedom of going to the bar and throwing back a few Steve Weisers with your fellow good brothers and sisters, or just heading to the ballpark to watch your favorite team on a nice summer afternoon. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive this pandemic. This is our quarantine saga. As I walk in the shadow of death, 16 men on a dead man's chest. Your host this evening, the HOT. And I get you get splashed with the pack. Nobody go to the guard, say so. You got a second or more to run for the deal. Before I blow back off the map, contact. You take no stack, could get down like that. For the moment that you've all been waiting for From the land of the rising sun To just north of the border Strong style meets street style On this very podcast Because you're listening to The Saitama Saint The Osaka Superstar The Mad Titan of Tokyo The American Kaiju (laughs) But double your pleasure, double your fun Tonight, you get two hogsmen for the price of one. He's the hombre with no nombre. Mi hermano from another mamo. He's the world's greatest Rudo. El numero uno. That's right. You're listening to two of the three Hogsmen. That's right. Big Duke. He couldn't be with us tonight. He said he'll be at the next show. But you are listening to Southern California's number one pro wrestling theme podcast. We ain't the first to do it. We're just that much goddamn better. Devin, tell him right now. <laughs> we're the fucking best, and you know it. You know why? Why do you know it? Well, uh, we're on quarantine, and we're still going. You've got two of the three Hogsmen right here, one of them off in Philadelphia. we got a poser right here who's joining us via Skype, uh, satellite, whatever you want to call this thing, Google Hangouts. And then, of course, you got our big dog. we got producer Ted uh, bringing this whole thing together. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Quarantine Saga. Oh, man. Dev, how you doing with this quarantine? 
Uh, dude, I'm doing uh, I'm doing terribly. It's uh, it's awful. I hate it. You can't do anything. Uh, you're stuck in your house unless you're going for a run or, uh, you know, cleaning up dog crap in the grass. It's perfect. Yeah. And before we get to Hunter Freeman, I want to say uh, once again, the show is sponsored by 10 Barrel Pub Beer, Cheap Fun Beer. What's up? Go ahead and pop those beers, guys. Hunter Freeman, how's your quarantine? I'm still working. I don't get quarantine. I, st- I, I still have to go to work. <clears throat> that's so, good. To, I mean, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. You know, it is what it is. Not like uh, Devin stuck in the house all the time. Uh, Dude, I, well, I'm over here working like a maniac. So, you know, you know, neck bridges galore, push-ups, squats, sit-ups, planks. I'm a body guy. Just a Japanese strong style. That's what they call me. Um, yeah, man, it's tough with this quarantine, man. Just trying to stay busy. My uh, my wife and I, we went and rented a uh, stationary bike from one of these uh, spin uh, spin cycle classes. Just you got to find something to do, man. You got to find something to do. Did you get it from Meg? Yeah, I did. But uh, shout out to Rush Cycle. But um, yeah, man, I, this is uh, some tough times right now with this quarantine stuff, and you know we're doing fine right now. But week seven. That answer might change. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> week seven, I'm gonna end up looking like you. <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to pull that gimmick where uh, where I get punched in the face, I roll out of the ring, and you roll in and take <laughs> take the two and get up and whoop their ass. <laughs> but man, this is tough times for everybody. And uh, as much as I want to be uh, in the Level Up Studio with uh, with all you guys, we're gonna have to adapt, overcome, and we're gonna uh, persevere through this. Speaking of adapt and overcome, the memes that have come out during the quarantine have been top notch. Has anybody else been singing that coronavirus rap song in their head? Oh, I did the first. I did it the first day. It's been in my head like all week. I haven't heard it. That's because you're into country music. Oh, true. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Yeah, I was going to say, this is an audio podcast, obviously, but we're attempting video for the first time. Some of these clips will be up on, on YouTube, I believe. Uh, Camden, what do you got going on behind you, just for anyone who's listening and not watching? So, we're at the Camden Studios here, and uh, we got to bring that fucking big dick in energy. So, I had to throw some merch up here. We got the uh, Mike Camden, the champion the champion of beards, uh, sh- Jersey, whatever the tank top. Uh, we got the Predator Edition Camden jer- uh, shirt, uh, King of Dong style shirt that I bought from Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, actually, funny story. I was going to, I was uh, gonna do a bartending for the uh, the Pride event, and I was like, oh well, I'll buy a Joey Ryan shirt because uh, he has the uh, the the rainbow one, and I'll wear it there. Uh, the thing didn't show up for like three weeks later. <laughs> And then I got my SoCal Uncensored Rookie of the Year for 2014 plaque up there. Nice. nice what do you got? Nice. What do you got going on back there, Dev? You look like oh, a hot me. topic, uh, hot topic store back yeah, there. Yeah, I just set up the merch table here. Basically, what you're looking at is anything you could get from the Kaiju at a store. <laughs> Sorry, a show, not a store. I've got my store here. I've got the uh, I've got the flying knee. American Kaiju uh, t-shirt. It's only, only 25 bucks. You can order it right now here at ProWrestlingTees.com slash American Kaiju. We've got this one up here, which is the Puro, uh, Puro Resu. It's, it's Pro Rest, but 
Legend American Kaiju shirt. That's only 25 bucks. That's the last one that I have. Uh, we've got some... We've got $10 for some of these little 8x10s. And then look at this right here. The coup de grace. This is what everyone's talking about. This is ring-worn trunks for only $375. The first trunks to ever have the name Kaiju on them. They're beautiful. I, uh, I've worn them a number of times, and I assure you they've been washed at least twice. So You, you washed them? Big ticket item. Well, I washed them before my last six or seven outings with them. Well, so if you, you got to make sure man. they're stretchy. No, you got to make sure they're stretchy. They have to be stretchy. Wow. Uh, what else? Oh, by the way, I got some uh, some little uh, flyers uh, up here. And uh, Dev, you're right here, dog. That's an AWF. Uh, I think that was probably our third show. We were on uh, AWF right there. We we're both holding the titles already. Yeah, basically, basically <laughs> came into the state just like goddamn thunder. That was hilarious. That's by the way, the Hogsman were riding high for a while. For yeah. anyone who doesn't know, so out in Arizona, Big Duke, Camden, and myself rolled into uh, AWF, which was really the only thing running at the time, and uh, took the titles. <laughs> I mean, Actually, pretty, uh, pretty quick. This, uh, yeah, we. I was very surprised when they said they were going to put the title on me. This right here is PHX Wrestling. This is my first Arizona show. There's your boy right there, and then. Um, and then I got this uh, this jersey or a tank top from Gangrel himself for his oh, nice. uh, pro wrestling school. Can't actually, I thought that was really Irish cool. Whips. Yeah, actually, I thought that was I, I was like pretty stoked when he gave it because he was like, "Hey, what size are you?" Up at uh, in Oregon when we were working WCWC, and uh, we were in the locker room area, and he goes, "Hey, what size are you, Camden?" And I'm like extra large, and he pulled in, he dug into his bag and pulled that this out and threw it over to me, and I, I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Nice, nice. Well, that's it's weird too because the guy used to produce porn, right? So you never know what he means. I mean, directed. I think I think he produced. Directed. I think he directed it. Oh, sorry. I wouldn't let him slum as a producer. <laughs> hey, come on. Oh, <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> Speaking of which, hey, welcome to the podcast, Ted. Um, hey, good to see you. <laughs> let's put over a couple guys real quick because uh, obviously pro wrestling is at a standstill uh, in California. It looks like it's running in a couple other places for the time being, but. Uh, a few guys that are uh, regular listeners to the podcast and support us. Uh, Super Beetle, I think he's got a looks like a Patreon or a new show going on. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then Charles R three out in Arizona is uh, is a uh, you know supporter of the podcast as well. Is there anyone else that you know of that you want to put over that's got a store or something that's gone through a rough time too? Uh, I mean, all the guys, you know, like especially the guys that. You know, you had two guys uh, from the Southern California or Southwest area um, that were going to go out to Mania weekend in April. Uh, Judiz, obviously, he was going to go out there and be on the um, was it for for the culture show? GCW for the culture. And so he, you know, obviously that that's not going to happen anymore. But that was going to be hopefully a big opportunity for him. And then uh, called him called him recall. He uh, was going to go out there for uh, Bloodsport. And obviously that's not going to happen now. So, uh, you know, if you can help those guys out a little bit, um, those are going to be big opportunities for them to get in front of big crowds. And it, ain't gonna look like, it looks like it ain't going to happen anymore. But also, yes, Charles, R3, you know, you want us to say something nice about you. You're a good guy. There's nothing more I can really say than that, man. You're one he's of the good. best well, guys. Well, he helps, he helps the business a lot. He's helped, uh, I know he's helped me with some graphics in the past. He helps a lot of guys with graphics. I think he helps uh, Championship Wrestling from Arizona out there with some of their graphics and video stuff, but good dude. Yeah. 
Um, Should shout out B-Boy, too, because they had to close the school up for the time oh, being. Shit. Yeah. And they're postponing, obviously, the Ground Zero show that was scheduled, I believe, uh, coming up. Yeah, what was it? Uh, we Got Five on it has been canceled, Hunter. That's it. So shout out B-Boy, shout out Level Up, all the workers, all the, all the kids uh, coming up. Well, all the uh, students. Everybody's being affected by this. Every, every promotion is being affected by this, especially in Southern California. Uh, Jeff Dino was going to have his, what was it? 15th, 13th 14th? anniversary, right? 13th. Is it 13th anniversary show in April. And it looks like that probably ain't going to happen, but it's all right, guys, we're going to get through this and, uh, you know, we're going to get this wrestling thing back going again. It just, it's, it's on pause right now. So it just kind of sucks because not being able to train, but I, I want to give dev props on something. I don't give dev props a lot, but, uh, I will admit with the uh, Level Up group, he has at least uh, got those guys steady cutting promos in the uh, mm. group chat. And mm. uh, that shit was fun yesterday. Uh, I think the guys are having fun with it. So you want to tell oh, them what, what we've been doing? Yeah, dude. I've been, uh, I mean, everyone's going stir crazy. So I put together uh, for the promo class and a couple of the other guys, basically a, a tournament for the students at Level Up that's, uh, that we're calling King of the Quarantine. And it's basically a King of the Ring tournament, but for promos only. Uh, so the guys, I, I gave them, uh, you know, seeds like you would in the NCAA tournament. And we did a bracket. Uh, what do we have? 16 guys, right? So the fir- first round just took place yesterday. Uh, and we're having another round uh, come up tomorrow. And then the finals will be a couple days after that. And I told the guys they're, they're big. Uh, <laughs> they're big reward uh, for winning the tournament. But we put them over on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so no uh, names for anyone in the tournament until someone wins the dang thing. Um, hey Dev, I got a question for you, man. What what mm. year did you start training? December of '04. And now, from the time you started training, from the time you stepped foot in a pro wrestling school, how long was it before you uh, you you uh, debuted? A, I don't know, a year, year and a half, something like that. Oh man, you must have been really bad. But um, I'm trying to think. So yeah, I think I, well, I, I don't know. I no, it was less than that because I I think I had a match when I was still in high school. But I think oh I was, really? Yeah, I think I did. I think I had one match when I was in high school. God damn, kid. Well, you got that. You got that on me. Um, how'd you get your gear for that show? A lucha guy. I think it was someone through uh, through SoCal Crazy hooked me up. Is it, it was it wasn't Arturo, was it? I don't think it was. It might, dude. Honestly, it might have been. That's funny because I, SoCal Crazy is the guy that hooked me up with the guy that does my gear, and uh, my first experience getting um, my wrestling attire together was quite the experience. And I was just wondering if you had that much of a of a you know. Uh, story to go along with getting your first pair of tights and boots and all that kind of stuff. No, my dude brought it to the venue and they were awful. <laughs> really, dude? <laughs> they I were so bad. Have you guys seen on like that meme thing uh, where it's or like on Twitter where it says like first ge- first gear, uh, you know, current gear or whatever? Yeah. Man, my gear was so bad, so bad. So I walked into SoCal Pro 
in June of 2013, right? Go in there, I start training, and uh, probably in September, I was at class one night, and I went over the top rope backwards to the outside, just on my own. I was just like, I'm going to do this. It was like at the end of class or some shit like that. When he was young and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, seriously. And, uh, and Jeff Dino was, you know, obviously there. And he just goes, he, he sees me go over backwards, over the top rope to the floor. And he goes, hey, you want to be in the rumble? Because <laughs> obviously <laughs> in a rumble. Obviously you can go over the top rope. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do is go over the top rope. And I was like, of course I do. So I debuted in October 11th of 2013. And that was in the Rumble, you know, so you ain't got to do much. You know, you ain't got to know. As long as you can throw a punch, which I didn't know how to throw a punch. uh, As long as you know how to go over the top rope, really, that's all the qualifications you need. So I'm like, okay, yeah, actually, yeah, I want to I want to do this. And I'm like, I need gear. How do I get gear? I talked to SoCal Crazy. He goes, I have a guy down in National City. He'll make your gear. And then uh, I was like, okay, cool. And then I went online and I bought boots. I originally, I, had, I wore boots uh, in wrestling. And they were orange and blue. Mistake number one. Yeah. And I bought them uh, on a website. They were like 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I got the shipping info. And they were coming from Puerto Rico. And I was like, holy crap. I didn't know that, you know, what are they doing coming from Puerto Rico? I hope they're, I hope they show up. So I go down to Nestor's guy. His name's Arturo. And he works at this place in National City, which is probably only about 20 minutes from where I live. And he works at a place called Price Breakers. So I'm like, okay, cool. Type in Price Breakers to the Google Maps. And, uh, and I, I go there. I walk in to Price Breakers and it's like a flea market. And so I got to tell you, National City, that population is mostly Hispanic, right? So I walk in, I'm a white guy, walking into this place, it's, and it's a, it's, it's a flea market. Bottom of it, it's like a flea market. There's a lot of little pop-up stands. So I'm walking around, I'm like, okay, this guy obviously probably has like a wrestling gear-making attire pop-up stand or something like that. I'm walking around, I'm looking, this thing's two floors, I can't find anything that, that looks like a wrestling gear maker store. So I start asking around, and by, at, this t- at this time in my life, I had shorter hair, I didn't have a beard, and I probably looked like a cop, right? <laughs> and there's a code of silence probably going on in this place. So I'm like, hi, I, I would just walk up to, to any of these people that own these little pop-ups, and I would be like, um, I'm looking for Arturo. Uh, do you know Arturo for wrestling gear? And they just act like they don't know who he is. They act like, or they don't act like they can speak English. So I'm walking around this place for like 45 minutes. And I'm just like, hi, you know, I'm looking for Arturo. Do you know who Arturo is? I'm literally, I've done, I've done five laps around this place. And I keep walking by this flower stand that's on the outside uh, perimeter of, the, of this building. 
And I still just keep walking around, walking around. I walk around this whole strip mall area just looking to see, like, where this guy is. Finally, I walk. I was about to leave. And I walk up to this guy and I go, hi, do you know who Arturo is? He makes wrestling gear. Lucha? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. He's the janitor. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, the janitor? And he, I go, well, do you know where he's at? And he goes, yeah, I'll show you where his office is. <laughs> so I walk, o- I walk with this guy over into this area, and it's the flower shop, and there's this little closet. And he goes, this is, he, first he, he, he speaks to this portly Hispanic man that's sitting in the, in the office with a sewing machine and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and points at me, and I'm like, hi, are you Arturo? And he goes, Oh yes. Uh, and I start talking to him and that's my gear maker. The guy that's in this little office at a flower shop, but he's got, he's got fabric. He's got a sewing machine. He's got everything around him. And, uh, and he made my first, uh, pair of biker shorts. So that was, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is like the, it's almost like an introduction to the wrestling world, right? This is not a, a glamorous lifestyle when you first Dude, start. Oh my God. In that right there kind of encompasses half of my experience with wrestling, right? Like we're talking about, it doesn't it's like, Oh, this is not what I expected. <laughs> you know what I mean, I, of all the things, Oh man, there's so much stuff that I want to talk about that. I can't talk about that. I'm like sworn <laughs> to secrecy about, um, I'll give you one. When I went over to, uh, I mean, this is just silly. It's not that bad. When I went over to Japan, right, and we got off the plane, we, we were trying to figure stuff out and where we're going. Um, the girl that we'd been in contact with from DDT was like, oh, yeah, I'll pick you up at the airport, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Uh, we get to the airport. She's not there. <laughs> no one is there. <laughs> We're like, phones don't work, no way of contacting her, no way of communicating. And uh, all of a sudden, like, I mean, we're probably there for like 15 minutes, just like standing by the gate where all the exits are, the international flights. And it's crowded as all hell, right? So we're like, all right, who, you know, where is this chick? All of a sudden, we see this squatty little dude, like clearly guy squats, you know, thousand squats a day, push-ups. He's eating lots of lots of beef, lots of yakisoba. <laughs> I'm like, I bet, that, I bet that's a young boy. <laughs> dude comes up on his phone, <laughs> does this bit. That's <laughs> us. All right, let's go. And we're sitting there, and uh, we're like, uh, Susan, you know, the girl's name was Susan. Like, where's Susan? We're going, you know, Susan. He's like, ah, oh, Susan, uh... No, <laughs> we're, just like, we're just like, okay. So it's like, he's like, come, come. Oh, that's the other thing that's so weird. So in Japan for the long, it took us like, honestly, two weeks to figure this out here in the U S right. When you say, come, you have your hand down here and you're like, Hey, come on. You know, you wave, wave them towards you right there. Right there. Yeah. They do this. Their hand is upside down and they do like this bit, like a cat, like a cat grabbing something. And, uh, and we would <laughs> we'd be running through the train station and we're trying to figure out where we're going. And the guy would stick out his hand and like, do this like thing. And we're like, oh, okay, stay, stay, go. <laughs> and we're like, come here or stay. And he's like, oh dude, doing this, like, come on, let's go. And we're like, we're thinking he's pushing his fingers the other di- way. So like, oh, stay there. No, no, go that way. So we're going the wrong way. Uh, that was a long thing to figure out. But yeah, um, even, th- even following this guy from the airport to the train station, we had no idea we were supposed to follow him. Like we get outside we're like waiting for the car. We're like, all right, cool. The car is going to be here any second now. <laughs> no car. Just 
guy keeps walking across the street to the train. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I, and I swear to God, I don't know if it was, uh, I don't know if it was the fact that maybe we flew to the wrong airport. Uh, cause I think there's like two in, in Tokyo. Yeah. Nar- uh, Narita and Haneda. I was going to ask which, uh, airport you went to. I have no idea. I just know that I think it was like a two hour train ride to where we were going and we didn't, I didn't sleep on the plane at all. So it, to me, it was just like, what the, what the hell is happening? I don't know where I'm going. This guy's, you know, we can't communicate with him, but, uh, and that was a good experience. <laughs> That's about experiences that we don't know. That was one of the better experiences. You didn't sleep on the plane ride? I can't sleep on planes, dude. I'm, I, I hate flying. Every time I, I flew fun. on there, it was NyQuil. Take some NyQuil and just pass out every time I did it. Well, dude, we're we're not we're not uh, the young bucks, dude. We don't uh, we don't fly first class where these guys are sitting in beds and stuff. We're sitting in the back where it's all squatty and you you know tag you're next to next to three people and. Bro, I was flying with the military. What are you talking about? First class. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. You're flying with the military. You had extra perks. I was packed in there like sardines, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, luckily you're not tall. Worst turbulence I ever dealt with was going across the Pacific, man. And it was like every time I would close my eyes, immediately fall asleep and have a nightmare about being in a fucking plane crash. It was like the worst thing ever for me. But I love Japan. I'll still go. I uh, I went. Um, I don't know where to go with this because we're <laughs> we're not in person, so it's hard to figure out which direction to take this. I got a bad plane story and I got another Japan story. What do you want? Uh, which one buries you harder? Neither of them bury me. Can you make? Oh it yeah, so you know what? I can do the I can do the Japan one because this is after right, we go got buried. It. So I'll tell this story. I don't know if we told it on the podcast. Oh, you have to let me know. All right. So the first day, the first uh, the first match in Japan is at Cork and Hall. It's a tag match. We're teaming uh, with Takagi-san uh, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name on the team, but it was like a it was like a I think it was like a four on four match, right? And uh, did I tell this, Mike? Get let me know. This isn't where you. Yeah, this this isn't the match where you form the fuck out of the guy. No, right? no, no. This is a different one. No, then you're good. Keep going. All right, cool. All right, cool. So it's our first match in Japan. Cork and Hall. We're stoked. We barely slept. Uh, we're getting ready for it. Uh, we don't speak. They're not speaking any English, right? Which is okay. That's fine. Um, we don't know any Japanese, and it gets to the point where Takagi-san steps in because he's like, all right. No one can understand what the hell is going on here. Um, one of the guys on their team uh, was in Mexico for a while. So he says, we're talking a little bit, and uh, he says, oh, he you know, was kind of in the U.S. and Mexico and did this. I'm like, oh, okay, hey, you know, yeah, San Diego's right next to Mexico. You know, speak a little Spanish. Sure enough, we ended up calling the match in Spanish. Yep, yep. <laughs> the first match at Cork and Hall, we, we ended up calling in Spanish. Anyway, um, our finish at the time was a, a backbreaker headbutt. Uh, in which we'd whip the guy to the corner. He'd put up the boots. I'd give him a big old backbreaker, right? So he'd put up the boots. I'd slide his boots through the rope, give him a backbreaker over my knee. Now, Ellis had this incredible ability to fly. This guy could fly across the ring. He was only, uh, I don't know, maybe five, six or something like that. But the dude had hops and could get across the ring. I'm talking about he's done... You know when you see Shane McMahon do the coast to coast where he does the drop kick to the uh-huh, thing? That's uh-huh. how he used to do headbutts in the corner. We'd go corner to corner, right? So um, I, throw, I throw his legs through for this move. Oh, no, no. Beforehand. That was our finish. Sorry. That was our finish. Beforehand, Takagi-san goes, ah, I don't know. Maybe you miss. 
<laughs> we're like, we're like, no, man, we don't, we don't miss. We're not going to miss our, our tag move. Mind you, all of our gear that we made <laughs> for this trip was based off of our finishing move. So all of our, all of our, all of our gear, all of our merch that we're selling says the name of the finishing move on it and has a logo. So, ah, well, maybe well, you miss. What was the name of the finishing move? By the way, yeah, I was going to bury myself against so this does bury us. I didn't realize at the time, but Tyler Bateman had been calling his like elbows dropping elbow called death from above. Oh yes. Oh, we called ours death from above too. Uh, I got a story about that later. So we're like, he's like, oh, maybe you missed a death from above. Like we don't, we can't, we have it on t-shirts. We cannot miss this move. We have to hit it. Keep in mind, DDT is a, it's a comedy promotion, right? So guy knows his own promotion. Like it probably would have been best to just be like, yeah, anything you want, we'll miss the move. You know, it's okay. So he goes, ah, maybe you miss. Ellis is pissed. He's like, I'm not missing this. No, we're not missing the move. He goes, okay, if you miss, uh, powerbomb finish. I'm like, all right, cool. So he's, he's basically going to step in, hit the guy with the powerbomb, go for the finish. Everything goes fine. Actually, it doesn't go fine. I find out later. We do a double dive to the outside. Ellis concusses himself. <laughs> concusses himself on the double dive. <laughs> Uh, we slide into the ring, shoot him to the corner, and go for the uh, our finish from for death from above. Puts a, as as I'm whipping the dude to the corner, Ellis goes, "Which side?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Which side?" And I'm I'm yelling at him, "Which side? The side we always, you know, whatever, pick a side." And I throw him in, get it, catch the boots, throw it the rope, hit him with the backbreaker, and look to the corner that Ellis is always in. <laughs> And Ellis is in the opposite corner, which is about two feet longer. And I go, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at me. He's fucking pissed. He looks at me, I think, realizes he's not going to make it. Jumps off the top rope for his flying head, but perfect form. And then realizing he's going to miss, does like an extra (laughs) trying to gain a foot or two fair. Misses by about a foot and a half. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? He's pissed selling. Takagi-san grabs the guy, picks him up for the power bomb, <laughs> and hits him for the finish. And I'm pissed like, oh, Jesus. So anyway, we're, we're pissed. <laughs> we're pissed. This is right before we had to go sell merch. <laughs> this is before the t-shirt story where I'm standing there shirtless. And they're getting pissed at me. Call me Playboy. So. Playboy, right? So this is uh, this is that story, uh, or this is before that story. Anyway, you're talking about how you love Japan, and you're like, oh, it's it's great. Well, uh, we're super pissed at ourselves. I mean, you got to imagine we didn't sleep on this flight. We flew, you know, twenty something straight hours. Couldn't sleep the night of. It was like very humid in Japan at the time. Um, shitty. Oh my god. I mean, it's Cork and Hall, right? So, uh, <laughs> and afterwards, this is where Abushi is like, oh yeah, I would like to work you. And we're like, dude, you're fucking with us. <laughs> There's no way you want to work us. <laughs> so, um, we go to, uh, we, what are we going to do to pick our, ourselves up? Right. What are we going to do? You're in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, Ellis isn't much of a drinker. No one, we don't know what to do. We've got like two or three days off. We don't have to train until uh, the night later. What would you guys do? Akihabara, man, get to Akihabara and get like a well, big ass tall boy and get shit faced. Am I am I single or am I married? You're married. You're married, <laughs> and your tag partner doesn't drink. Oh man, I don't know. I, I probably have to break up the tag team. 
<laughs> so we went to Disneyland. Oh, nice. To, oh, that's not bad yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go to Disneyland. We're like, all right, we'll we'll make up for it. We'll go to Disneyland. So we go to Disneyland, and we're only there for, I don't know, two hours or something like that. And we see these people uh, that are on, like, I don't know what it is. It's like the Tom Sawyer's Island thing. Something like that. It was like a canoe thing. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there. So our thing at the time was we would throw up this the L. We would do this L for our tag team. Didn't make sense because we changed our name at the time. And they all start throwing up the L and like doing this, like, oh, hey, like, oh, you know, like trying to get attention. Blew my mind. Blew my mind that someone saw it already. Uh, it recognized us from Cork and Hall and was fucking, it was really cool. So despite how terrible it felt <laughs> and how miserable we were, the the fans there were super sick. And by the way, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to watch that match, it is available online. Really? I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't know if it's that one, but Dev, didn't you guys start doing it just for like, because like, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. So Takagi goes, so we're trying to explain it afterwards. <laughs> we're trying to explain it afterwards. I feel like it's a guy with ED. No, 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 that never happens. That never happens, dude. You got You don't understand. Like, I've, this is one time thing. It's never happened. So... Uh, we're in the we're in the back and we're pissed. Like, look, that never happens. I don't know. We went to the wrong corner. Blah, you know, nerves. But he's like, he's like, it's okay, it's okay. Um, but every night you miss now. <laughs> 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 so from that night forward, so we missed it like three, four shows in a row. Um, and we finally get to one show, and I think it was in Fuji. Uh, I think it was in Fuji. Yeah. Anyway. Or Saitama. It was Saitama. Uh, and he goes, he goes, okay, tonight you hit it. <laughs> like, Thank God. <laughs> so he hit it. And then we hit it at the rest of the rest of the tour. Huge but, pop too. Huge pop. Huge right? pop. No. So yeah, because we did a backstage vignette uh, beforehand that they played uh, over the, over the big screen where it's us like, you know, begging him like, please, please, please. Like, we're not going to fuck it up again. I swear to God. So it was really cool. I think it is. You know what? It is available online. They have like a, you know how New Japan has New Japan World. They have a DDT Universe one. I think it is. So it's got to be on there. One of your matches online with the Eric Ambassadors, you and your ex boyfriend Rick Ellis, <laughs> uh, is online. And yeah, the the finisher you go up for Rick goes up for that and misses it, and it's the funniest fucking thing ever <laughs> because it's, it's it's a legit match. It's, yeah, a, it's legit a legit match. And then at the end, Ellis comes up like three feet <laughs> like short three feet on that short. move. It's so sweet. It's awesome. It po- I pop for it. I thought well, it was hilarious. The, the, what's so funny is like, really, we could just shut up. Like we're in another, we're in a brand new country for one of the top, you know, companies in all of Japan. And the guy's like, maybe you miss. We're like, nah, we don't miss, dog. <laughs> 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 Who the fuck are we? Burying himself over in Japan. That's oh the reason God. why you probably wasn't invited back. I know. <laughs> you know what's a yeah. funny story about how you guys communicated in Spanish? You, mm-hmm. you know, you two Americans and two Japanese people. Uh, you guys communicated wrestling in Spanish. Yeah. So I witnessed that also myself up at uh, EWF one time. Um, Jake, the the guy, uh, Jake from EWF speaks Spanish. Jake's a big white guy. And he had, on this show, he had Dragon Yuki. Dragon Yuki is obviously from, he's, well, he's from Japan, but he'd done a lot of time down in, in Mexico. And Dragon doesn't speak English, or good English at least. And Jake doesn't speak Japanese. But guess the goddamn language they do speak? Spanish. So you're watching this white American 
and Japanese guy speak together in Spanish, <clears throat> communicate. It, it blows your fucking mind. Yeah. It blows your mind. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, <clears throat> I, up until that point, legitimately had never had, you know, when you're like, oh, you know, people learn chemistry. I'm never going to be a chemist. What am I going to do with that? You know, and then people learn Spanish. Like, oh, you live in San Diego. You use it all the time. I've never run into a situation where I was in dire straits where I needed to, you know, use my Spanish. It was like, oh, okay, baño. Yeah. You're like, yeah, bathroom's back there. But no, here we are in Japan. It's like people, I mean, Takagi was starting to get a little frustrated <laughs> with the way that the communication was going. And all of a sudden, someone someone mentioned something about him in, in Mexico. And I'm like, oh, shit, I know Spanish. Okay, let's do this. So It's always weird, like, when you're put on the situation, how much Spanish you can pull out of your ass. Oh, I know. Well, what's crazy is it, so the rest of the ter- uh, rest of the tour we didn't have any issues because we were in regular tag matches. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one it was just because there was eight guys involved in the match, and that was you know important to convey to us what when to come in, when to stay back, and all that stuff. So, oh man, we had. I hope you can find it. There, it's DDT. <laughs> so for some reason, in the me- oh my god, I just realized this goes into this goes directly into another thing that we wanted to talk about. For some reason, in the middle of the match, uh, there was a dance number <laughs> that we had to learn. <laughs> so the guy, I wish I remembered his name. I'd pull it up on my phone, but I don't want to ruin anything. Uh, he does this like special dance. Like the lights go off. He puts on his, his glowing sunglasses, and then everyone does, does this same dance. And um, that night, they're like, okay, you have to learn it. You're going to do it. We did it. Perfect. And then we go on. Um, but I, I would like to find the footage of that cause that was actually really entertaining and really fun. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying we were, we were trying to get into? Oh, one of the things we want to talk about for burying people was, uh, <laughs> stopping matches for other forms of entertainment, like with a remote control. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, what's funny is cause I just, uh, uh, on Twitter, uh, I don't know. Somebody wrote up we were on a, a, a thread and somebody brought that up and I was like, God, I forgot about that match. But then as soon as he said it, I was like, that's right. It was dog shit. <laughs> and not the match was dog shit, but that Which one Devin spot. Sparks match was dog shit. There's so many of them. But, and, you know, but, and, and I brought it up and I, and I tagged uh, Hammerstone into it because I was like, yeah, dude, Hammer was in the back, like fucking on it so hard. Cause he was like the king of AZ back in the day. And, uh, I don't know if I want to bring it up right now. I think uh, we're going to try and get Hammer on in like the next couple of weeks. And I think it'd be oh, funnier really? if he was involved in it. So, um, wait, wait, yeah. It, okay. All right. It's a funny fucking story. It's, it's just so funny. Terrible, terrible match. Mm. None of it was my idea. I wanted nothing to do with it. Oh man. I've been there before, dude. Have you ever been in a match where it just, goes horribly wrong and you're just like okay it's time to like really find out what i'm made of <laughs> i mean i've been in a triple threat tag match before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've been you know it's it's, it's funny because like I have, i've always said this the more people you introduce into a match the harder you know the the i don't know if the harder but the more you have to rely on people knowing their spots knowing they got to be somewhere and, and do all that kind of stuff right and uh, I, I had this happen to me before, but it was also a great learning experience. And it was also one of those uh, situations where like you find out like what you're made of kind of like in the ring. So Julius Judez 
and Cholo and I are, are in a triple threat match at SoCal Pro. And this wasn't, this probably like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And we're in the back and we plan way too much, way too much to the point where it's like, you can't remember anything because there's too much, you know? And, <laughs> and the, uh, the, the first, the first move is me kicking Cholo. And I go, and I, I thought I made it clear that, hey, Cholo, I am going to uh, kick you in the face. <laughs> Apparently, he didn't get that information. And so we go in, we start the match, and bam, kick Cholo in the face. And I was like, I caught him pretty hard. And I was like, okay, maybe it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Like, okay. And I move over to, to Judiz, start doing my thing with him, yada, yada. Come back over to Cholo. Cholo goes, I think my jaw's broken. Oh, my God. And I go, oh, fuck. Like, all right, man. Are you just, just hang out, dude. Julius and, or, you know, Judas. I don't know if I... Julius. God damn it. Fucking Julius. Uh, Julius and I will, will take care. You just come in when you feel fine. So I think I shit can Cholo. And I go over to Julius and I go, hey, uh... Cholo's fucked up. <laughs> like, Cholo's fucked up. But I had worked with, with, with Julius so much in training and in matches where I go, hey, man, like, you know, it's like, hey, one of those things where it's like, we'll be fine. We'll figure out what we need to do, you know, easily. So anyways, we go through this match and we are just, Cholo would jump in eventually and kind of we would just shit can him back out or kick him or do whatever. The match wasn't like terrible, but it was like one of those things where it's like, oh man, this is falling apart bad. But because Julius and I had worked so 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 much together, we kind of held it together. And same thing with Cholo. I'd worked I'd worked Cholo a, a few times, so we kind of knew each other. And if you, it's actually on YouTube, if you if you want to go and watch it. But so after the match, I'm like checking on Cholo. Like, God, I'm so sorry, man. You know, I hope that, you know, you're okay. And, you know, he's, I'm checking with him like on, you know, day, the day after I'm checking on it with him. And two days later, I'm checking in with him. Three days later, I'm checking in with him. And I remember the only thing he said is if I can't eat tacos, I'm going to be fucking pissed off at you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, man, I'm sorry, bro. Like, and, um, but then eventually SoCal Pro released the, the video on uh, on YouTube and I watched it and granted yeah like I you know I felt bad for hitting Cholo in the face and you but accidents happen and but so I'm watching this video and I go I didn't even realize it in this match I'm in it 99% of the of the time right 99% of this match I'm I'm in it at no point am I not involved and it's one of those things where you're like that's you know you take the good, you, you try to, to, to make a positive out of negative, right? You know, I was able to stay in there and, and, and hold the match together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was, uh, I was the glue, basically. Like, I was like, Julius, get over here. I was calling it in there a lot. I was like, get over here. You know, like, do this, do that, do that. And it's a confidence builder. So it's one of those things where it's like, you got to take the positive, you know, you try to take the positive out of the negative, basically. Has that ever happened to you, Devin, like that? 
Yeah, man, I've gotten hurt in a lot of matches and people had to take over. (laughs) (laughs) Hunter, what about you, man? Has a match ever gone completely to shit and you had to, like, try and hold it together? Besides the ones where we've worked together and I've had to fucking take you out of the trenches? Uh, A couple times working with students before, but they always... If you got somebody in there to listen... It's always good. And same with me. Like, I'm not perfect. I fuck up all the time. But if you got some minute where if it's just start going to shit, you just listen, everything will be good to go afterwards. I fuck up too, man. Yeah. Everybody does I fuck up too. You know who, uh... You tag with Devin. That's a major fuck up. (laughs) Have I I told you this before, Hunter, where uh, Ricky Mandel told me this one time. So he was uh, at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. was going to work with Matt Hardy. So they're in the back. It was a big show. I think it was like the red carpet rumble or something like that. And he's back there going over the match with Matt Hardy. And I guess Matt, Matt Hardy's a dude. And by the way, I will, uh, I'll back that up. Cause I met him one time doing extra work and he was, he was awesome. But, um, he's in the back going over the match and Hardy's just like, Hey man, if we forget something, no big deal, you know, not a big deal. And X-Pac happened to be in the exact same room. And X-Pac goes, hey, man, you know who used to forget things all the time? And, of course, Ricky is just like, who? And he's like, Kurt Henning. And he goes, Kurt, I guess he told Ricky, Kurt couldn't remember a lot in the ring. But you would never guess it because he was so good. You know what I'm saying? And I always tell kids that. Like, the best wrestler isn't the guy that remembers every spot every single time. It's the guy that can fuck up and the audience would never even, never even know it. Yeah. I always see people all the time when they get done with matches and they just come back with like their heads down and just, Oh, that was an awful match. Blah, blah, blah. I forgot this spot. I forgot the spot. I'm just like, who gives a shit? Are you, are you alive? Yeah. Did the crowd react at some point? Yeah. All right. Well, good. It's all right. I don't, I, I don't get it when people just come back and just come back with their head down and shit like that. Just like, oh, I fucked that up, shit the bed. Well, I shit that all the time. Hunter, I think I taught you that. That sounds like something I used to say a lot. To, yeah, to yeah, no, because I was, I was just that bad. I'd come back and be like, oh, I fucked that up. And then I got thinking like, who gives a shit? When I, when I first started, uh, when I was training before I ever even had a match, Mike Rapata, uh was the guy that was training. Um, we were training Nestor at the time and uh, Chris Terry, all those dudes, uh, anchors away. <clears throat> so, um, I, I should, for whatever reason, this just popped in my head, but he used to always say there's three, every time you go in the ring, you have three different matches. There's the match that you want to have, the match you think you had, and then the match you actually had. So, it's just all a matter of perspective when you're going in there. You think you're going to have one thing or you want it, you hope it's going to be this, and then. The match that you thought you have, oh, we screwed up. We messed this up. Oh, we missed that spot. And then if you go back and you watch it again, the match you actually had, like, okay, we missed it. It wasn't bad. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, yeah we yeah. missed that, but it didn't. It wasn't the end of the world. Well, and the so. thing is, like, the audience, they don't perceive it the same way that y'all do in the ring. You know what I mean? Because, like, it's like any musician on stage will say you play through. You play through because the audience doesn't know that you that the lick is a little different than it was supposed to be, man. They just want you to just fuck shit up and have that energy on stage. Almost like when a chord breaks on like a guitar, you never see the guys break 
from the music or anything like that. They go, they change the guitar out, and they come back with it, I feel. There you go. Sometimes your hat gets knocked off in the middle of a spot, and you just pick the fucking thing up and finish the (laughs) goddamn move. Yeah, you just... You just no-sell the German that you just took and then put a hat on. Actually, uh, hey, Dev, actually, uh, speaking of uh, Anchors Away, when I was going, so my wife just, like, cleared off this uh, this shelf and it had all my wrestling stuff on it, and I found this picture. We can't see it. Yeah, I got no, there it is. Can you see it? Nope. No. How how can you not see it? It's just blank. Ah. Oh. Oh. Say something. It. Anyways, the pictures of um, <laughs> quarantine Anch- saga. <laughs> the pictures of uh, the picture is of uh, the pictures of anchors away. Uh, myself and Ron, uh, Ronnie Thrash, right? Ronnie Thrash. Wait, I throw it up Ronnie now, Thrash. Mike. Throw it up there now. And Stinger. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Impact? You got to take a better photo of it and send it to us. We'll put it on the socials. Here. No, I mean, like, take a picture with your phone and then send it in. I mean, I can kind of see it, but it's pretty pixelated. Anyways, that was uh, Anchors Away, two of my uh, my trainers. And this was one week after I debuted. I got to do uh, work for TNA Impact in San Diego, Bound for Glory. You know what my payoff was? T-shirt? This this picture and a (laughs) (laughs) T-shirt. This picture and a T-shirt. Was that the show that Peter uh, Avalon was doing where he was uh, Fer- Norv Furnham? Was that the time? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure, but I remember. I, I can't remember if it was that show or not. It so might have been. Was Sting it was a Beyond or, for it was a, a Bound for Glory show. Was Sting or uh, Kurt Angle just inducted into their Hall of Fame or something at the time? Maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Maybe. Can't remember exactly. But I just remember that picture was one week after I debuted in wrestling. I thought Seriously. it was like fucking over. I thought it was over because I had 40 members of my family, friends and family in the audience. I'll, okay, I'll have to find it. Um, similar WCW start. Uh, I have a picture like that with Goldberg, with Bill Goldberg. <clears throat> it was a show on Pendleton. And uh, it, was like a, it, was, it, was, it was a show on Pendleton. It was like a charity show or something like that. They were donating the proceeds. Anyway, uh, the guy that I'm wrestling that night, I'm not going to throw his name out there because I don't want to bury him. But before the show, he goes, he goes, hey, um, I have an idea for a match. I'm like, all right, cool. And this is, he's, he's, a, he's a Marine. Um, so these are his people, right? He's like, he's like hey, did you ever see uh, Stone Cold and, and Chris Benoit, like SmackDown 2002 or something like that? I'm like, I don't know, probably. He's like, all right, I want to do like that match. I'm like, all right, cool, sounds good. And then he's like, cool. So he like, Pulls out a notepad. He's like, this is what happens. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, this, this, this. I'm like, I mean, what about like if we just do the style? He's like, no, no, I want to do that match. And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't care at the time. It was green. It was his, it was like his home turf, his home show. He's the one who helped set it up. I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to try to, what's up, Hunter? I'm trying to get a beer. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> But I'm like, yeah, I like, I'm like, all right, let me, uh, let me try to give you this, this match. Anyway, so we strayed from it. Cause I was like, ain't going to happen. Uh, front and center, Bill Goldberg was there. He was there as like a part of the show, um, uh, helping to promote it. He cut like a promo in the ring and everything. <clears throat> and I think we were like semi main event or main event. And so, so I'm sitting there in, in front of Goldberg and I, I see him out in the crowd and I go, oh, all right, motherfucker. <laughs> 
How about this? How about this? Sling the arm over my shoulder, point him out, looking at that guy. I got you, Goldberg. Pick him up for the jackhammer. <laughs> and this guy sandbags <laughs> me so hard. And I'm trying to hold him up for the jackhammer, and I'm just like wobbling and wiggling. <laughs> I finally get him over. I get him over for it. Slam him, hook the leg, lick the, you know, stick the tie out ah, for the pin. And Goldberg just laughing his ass off. <laughs> this ah. is obviously, this is obviously a gas to the gills. Devin Sparks. Oh, you've, yeah, just, gas station food to the gills. Devin Sparks. <laughs> I was like, I think I was like two hundred and fifteen pounds at the time, overweight as shit. Um, but I hit the jackhammer for him. He's laughing his ass off. And then I think I missed the spear and the guy hit me with his finish. But anyway, in the back, he's like, he's like, hey, man, I haven't laughed that hard in so long. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, wasn't that funny, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you should have you should have come back and been like, motherfucker, I haven't laughed that hard since WrestleMania 20. And then just fucking walked off. <laughs> That's but, funny, dude. Goldberg from uh, San Diego. You know, his brother is like the owner of the Belly Up Tavern. Did you guys know yeah, that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, he, he will... At the time, he had a uh, martial arts studio in in Oceanside, so I think he, I think they promoted that a little bit while they were there too. So, anyways, Goldberg thinks you're a huge mark, and uh, and you totally fucked up his finish. No, that's not true at all. Goldberg thinks I'm a stand up guy and uh, wanted a picture with me after the show. So <laughs> he's like, brother. I'm not into comedy wrestling, but I haven't laughed that hard since. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically. No, it was actually really funny because he was like telling us all the, you know, at the time you're young and hungry and you're just, you want to put on, you know, five star matches every time. He's like, you guys don't have to bust your ass. Look what I did, man. I just did like, he's like, I think I wrestled like four minutes max for like the first like couple years I was in the biz. He's like, dude, if you're over, you're over. That's all that matters. And I'm like. This guy thinks I'm over. All right. He should be like, Doug, I'm not fucking 6'4", former fucking nose tackle for the fucking Falcons. Like, goddamn, motherfucker. Like, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Hey, guys. um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, I got to sell some merch here. Go ahead. I got some trunks up for three seventy five. dollars I want that ten dollar uh, Devin Sparks picture. I need something for target practice. This one here, uh, yeah, what, the one bottom with left shi- with shipping and handling comes to twenty eight ninety four, no, brother. No, the the other one with your face. <laughs> this one here, from yeah, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Yeah, right. I need something for target practice. I'm out of targets. That's oh. fine. As soon as you buy it, it's yours. Hunter. <laughs> he's still yours. getting he, he's still getting paid. Do whatever you want with it. Do whatever you want with it. Um, I kind of want to do this again this week. I don't know what you guys are up to. I think, man, right now content's king. I mean, we gotta we gotta supply these uh, these fans with material and uh, and content to uh, be entertained by. I think I think barring a lockdown, you know, the removal of the lockdown, I think we should go for it. Yeah. What's up? Guys? I think we should do a we should do a Facebook Live. Maybe I think that we're down. We got twelve likes on Facebook. We get all twelve of those people involved. There maybe I don't know. We're think over. About it. We're over, Dev. Ugh. Oh, I should shout out. Uh, we should shout out our hundredth follower on Instagram. Uh, uh, let me just pull that up. Hundredth follower on Vincent Instagram. Kennedy McMahon. Hey, Vince. Thanks for, <laughs> <following>. <laughs> Thanks for jumping on. Uh, what is this guy's name? Shit. 
I'm gonna trim this. <laughs> His name is shit. Uh, no, I think <laughs> it was. Uh, Thanks for yeah, the follow. At San Diego, at San Diego Style. Shout out at San Diego Style, our 100th follower on Instagram. Just remember, we're at Hogsman Pod everywhere Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, HogsmanPod.com uh, to listen to the show. Tell your friends. Nah. We have any oh, new shit, YouTube. Or no? Dot- no, no new reviews. Oh, cool. We'll review the podcast and give it five stars, yeah. like my matches. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's a, this is a good time to go home, right? Take it home, boys. Your phone's about to die, so yeah. <laughs> Hunter, just stay there silent, please. By the way, if you're not um, on video, he's got a... Camden's wearing a L-Squid Row bandana. He looks like such a scumbag. It's awesome. I'm Hold on, out. Devin. Are you wearing a shirt? No, I'm not wearing a shirt. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Is it, I'm filming my OnlyFans after this. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's start taking this home. Uh, that's going to be it for this edition, edition of the uh, episode of uh, Hogsman Podcast. Anyone have a match this weekend? No. Okay. No. Me neither. Shit, I can't even run on the boardwalk anymore. <laughs> they closed all the boardwalks and trails and parks and beaches in San Diego. So, uh, well, stop coughing. Stay safe. Shit, wash your hands. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, yeah, man, this is a messed up time, but please stay positive and make the uh, most out of uh, what we're going through. And to uh, quote the crow, it can't always rain, right? It's it can't rain all the time, but might have messed that up. God damn it. And to quote the crow, <laughs> it can't rain all the time. <laughs> Ted, go and do your magic. Oh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> anyways, thanks for listening. That's gonna do it for this episode of uh, the Hogson Podcast. If you want the tip, you gotta take the whole hog. <laughs> Adios. Adios. I've got big bo-